0: Information discussed in this podcast may be sensitive in nature to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Oakley Carlson might have been just five years old in 2021, but her life had already been tumultuous. When she was an infant, she was removed from her parents' care and went to live with foster parents. Oakley might have been young, but she knew early on that she loved books. Her foster mom, Jamie Hiles, would read to Oakley every night, and Oakley would always beg for more. She couldn't get enough. Her foster parents would keep her until she was about to turn three, when they were ordered to return Oakley to her biological parents. Her foster parents were devastated as they had fallen in love with Oakley, but they were also fearful for the life that she would be entering into. As it turns out, they had every right to worry. In December of 2021, authorities were asked to do a welfare check on Oakley as she hadn't been seen in a while. Her parents had multiple stories as to Oakley's whereabouts, But ultimately, the child was nowhere to be found. Where is Oakley Carlson? Oh, and welcome back to the Where Are They podcast. This story is baffling and frustrating. I'll leave a warning for you here. This case involves child abuse, child neglect, and involves some pretty other terrible events. In the likes of the Ayla Reynolds case or the Harmony Montgomery case, if you are sensitive to those topics, this might not be the episode for you. The goal of our show is to spread awareness of unsolved missing person cases, and this case certainly fits the bill. There has been some media attention for Oakley, but not nearly enough, and Oakley is still missing. If you aren't following us over on social media, please give us a follow. We share daily on Instagram and recently on Twitter, and we have a Facebook page as well. I always welcome case suggestions from you all. This is how I can learn about those lesser known cases, the ones from your hometowns or ones that you have heard about, but feel they need more attention. A quick welcome to our newest Patreon member, Janelle. Thank you so much for your support. If you are interested in some bonus episodes and supporting our causes, I'll leave a link to our Patreon detective group in the notes. And lastly, a big thank you to our podcast partner this week, the Fetch app. More on them in a bit. So let's get into the story of Oakley Carlson. We're going to try to go with a timeline to help this case make sense. The case begins in 2016. Oakley Carlson was born in 2016 to Andrew Carlson and Jordan Bowers. Both Andrew and Jordan have an interesting history, and Jordan has quite an extensive criminal history with multiple charges of theft and drug-related incidences. Also interesting, Andrew Carlson was an Aberdeen police officer until 2017, when he was decommissioned for perpetrating untrue statements. I don't have all the details of that, but interesting. Oakley was their third child. They had a one-year-old and a four-year-old when Oakley was born. At some point, with details not being released on this yet, Oakley was removed from her parents' care and put into the custody of the state, Washington State. It's also not clear if all the children were removed, but Oakley would go on to be fostered by Jamie and Eric Hiles. Both Jamie and Eric fell in love with Oakley, and as the years went by, they had hoped to maybe one day adopt the little girl. Jamie fondly remembers how sweet and loving she was and how much she loved being read to. Jamie said she'd read to Oakley every day, and Oakley would always beg for more reading time. It does give me some peace to know that Oakley had at least a few years of love in her life and was able to experience that. As Oakley was put into the custody of the Hiles in 2016, she would be removed from them in November of 2019, just as she was about to turn three years old. That November, Oakley was put back in the custody of her parents. Around that time, Oakley's parents, Jordan and Andrew, would have another child, giving them a total of four children to care for. They were living in a home that Andrew had previously bought in Oakville, Washington. This home consisted of over 300 acres of land and sits at the end of a dead end road. Andrew, Jordan, Oakley and three other children were all living together in the home. There would be some rumors around the town regarding drug use in the home and there would be some future charges, which we'll get into later. After Oakley had returned to her parents in late 2019, on at least three occasions, Jamie Hiles asked for a welfare check to be done on Oakley through the Department of Children and Family Services, the same department Jamie had graciously been a foster parent through. She had a feeling something was wrong and was very worried about Oakley, and understandably so, she had grown to love the little girl in the three years that she was in her care. The department has not made any statements regarding if they made these checks or what any investigation results were, or even why Oakley was put back into the custody of her parents. They have cited that they cannot comment on any of that, citing privacy laws, which, look, I get it. I get the need for privacy when children are involved. We need to protect the children. But at some point, I think it's fair to say that in these type of cases, people need answers. The public is invested in these cases, and these are our children that we are talking about. It's the public tax dollars that fund these departments in most jurisdictions. We rely on these agencies to do the best they can for these children. But shouldn't the people have a right to know if these agencies are in fact doing their job in protecting the children? Harmony Montgomery, Ayla Reynolds, and Adam Herman are other missing children cases that were in similar situations with questionable actions by the Department of Children and Family Services in those areas. But the thing is, we don't know the details of what all happened in any of those cases involving the department. Did the department fail? Where can the department do better in the future? We don't really know unless they come out and tell us. In November of 2021, there would be a house fire at the home of Jordan and Andrew in Oakville, causing the family to move out and into a local motel for a while. And the circumstances of the fire are definitely bizarre. It was said that Andrew did call authorities at one point when the home was on fire or shortly after, and told them that his daughter Oakley had started the fire after playing with a lighter on the couch. The fire had spread, but he said he was able to control it and there wasn't any need for police or the fire department to come out. So, I believe that this call is on record, but I still don't understand why the fire department never went out to check. Andrew would also come out and say that the reason he didn't initially call the fire department was because he couldn't find his phone. And I'm guessing he was putting out the fire. Meanwhile, Oakley's sister, older by just one year, was going to public school and would make friends with another girl in the school, who happened to be the daughter of the principal. As time went on, this principal, Jessica Swift, began to get suspicious of what was going on at the home of Andrew and Jordan. In December of 2021, she specifically asked Oakley's sister, when she was visiting one day, where Oakley was. And the little girl became very, very quiet and told her she was not supposed to talk about it. Jessica asked again, and the girl became visibly upset this time and said that... Quote, Oakley was no more, end quote. She would also go on to say that Oakley had ran off into the woods and was eaten by wolves. And then the little girl began crying. Jessica was horrified. Why would this six year old girl say that about her younger sister? And why was she not supposed to talk about it? Something was definitely. Very, very wrong. And Jessica made the decision that day to call authorities and ask them to do a welfare check on Oakley. It was now December of 2021, and law enforcement officers found the family living at the motel. When they knocked on the door, Jordan answered while holding the two year old child. They asked her where Oakley was, and she told them that she was with her mother. Then they proceeded to ask her, Aren't you her mother? To which she replied, yes. She then looked over at Andrew in the room and said, Oakley is with your parents. Almost in a directive tone as if she was telling him where Oakley was. Officers, now a little confused as to what's going on, asked Andrew, but he didn't answer. They had to ask him twice before he replied that Oakley was actually with his father. He would also tell them that he had no way to reach his father, that he had no address for him, nor did he have a phone number, and he could in no way help the officers locate him or Oakley. Authorities were put on alert during this interaction. They said right off the bat, something didn't feel right. They followed up with Andrew's parents, who they were able to locate, and they told authorities that they hadn't seen Oakley since December of 2020. They hadn't seen their granddaughter in a year. When officers went back to tell this to Andrew and Jordan, Andrew said he wanted to file a missing persons report, to which he did. And it was then that law enforcement officially had a missing child's case on their hands. Jordan Bowers and Andrew Carlson were arrested the next day. They were arrested on suspicion of a missing child, And they would eventually be charged with second-degree abandonment for withholding the medication of their six-year-old daughter. There wasn't much they could do with charging them on anything having to do with Oakley because they didn't know where Oakley was. They didn't know if a crime had even been committed with regards to Oakley. But they were able to charge them with child neglect. I'm not 100% sure on the details of that charge. I believe all the court records are out there. But the alleged charge does indicate that the child did not receive her medication for over a year. And that could be extremely detrimental to her health, even including possible death. I have no idea what her illnesses are, nor does it even really matter. Any parent withholding their child's medication is beyond appalling. Before we get into the investigation of the house fire that would now take place and continue the search for Oakley, let's have a quick word from our partner this week, Fetch. The Fetch Rewards app is a no-brainer, an app that rewards you for doing the shopping you already do. Simply download the free app, scan your everyday receipts, and earn points that you can redeem for gift cards. You can scan grocery store, restaurant, even hardware store receipts. And the best part, you can also set up to automatically scan e-receipts that come into your email. What kind of gift cards can you earn? Airline gift cards, Starbucks cards, Airbnb, Amazon, retail stores like Nike, Adidas, and Cabela's, and even restaurants like Dave & Buster's, Chili's, and IHOP, just to name a few. Or use your points for a gift card for services like Hulu Plus or Instacart. It's super easy, folks. And if you use our link in the notes, you will receive up to 4,000 bonus points just for downloading the app today and scanning your first receipt. Remember, supporting our partners helps support the show. And really, who doesn't love free money? Again, you'll find the link in our show notes. The house fire happened about a month before authorities arrested Andrew and Jordan for child endangerment. There was never an investigation into the fire up until that point. In fact, the police nor the fire department had even went out to the home prior to that. Andrew claimed that Oakley started the fire with a lighter while she was sitting on the couch and it ignited the couch and the fire had spread from there. But I'm guessing even though there was enough damage that caused them to move into a motel, they fought the fire off themselves. Still seems odd that you wouldn't have called the fire department, doesn't it? Unless there is something you didn't want them to see. Andrew first told law enforcement that he didn't call because he couldn't find his phone. But we know at some point he did report something and he used Oakley as the reason for the fire. After Andrew and Jordan were arrested and law enforcement realized that they have a missing child, a missing five-year-old little girl. It was decided that they needed to go back to that house and conduct an investigation at the scene of the fire. And investigators did just that, and a few things stand out to them. Number one, they found belongings in the home for all of the children, except Oakley. They did not locate anything that belonged to her. No clothing, no toys, no books, nothing. Meanwhile, all of the other children had all of their belongings still at the home. Number two, they determined that the fire did not start on the couch. In fact, it didn't even start in the living room. It started in the kitchen and most likely the microwave. This kind of gives credence to the small town rumors that Andrew and Jordan were cooking meth. This makes me wonder. What was the medication that their older daughter needed? The medication that they were charged with withholding? Was it something that they could be using to make something else? And number three, detectives noticed a fair amount of blood around the home, including a bloody handprint on the wall. I believe they have confirmed that they're trying to DNA test that blood, but to date, I don't think they have announced any findings on that. Law enforcement did specifically state that they wanted to know if it was Oakley's blood because her disappearance had become more and more suspicious as they look at all of these circumstances. There's also the odd statement Andrew made about Oakley being the one who started the fire on the couch. We know the story of the fire was that it started on the couch with a lighter. We know that that was a lie. Did he also lie about Oakley being there? Why did he lie? Was he doing something illegal? Was there something to hide? So the investigation into the fire certainly caused more concern for Oakley. And people began talking. Oakville, Washington is a very small town with less than a thousand residents, in fact. And as people began talking to each other, they realized That no one had seen Oakley for quite some time. The grandparents that were supposedly caring for her said they actually hadn't seen her in a year since December of 2020. And after being arrested, neither Jordan nor Andrew gave any additional insight as to where their five-year-old daughter Oakley was. The statements of the other children are also pretty suspect. We know the older girl told her friend's mother and school principal that Oakley was gone and that she had been eaten by wolves and that she was not allowed to talk about her, which this child had to be told that by somebody, likely her parents. She was only six years old herself. What a horrible story to tell your six-year-old about their sister, younger sister, by just one year. The oldest child also told authorities that Oakley was often locked up in a closet and not let out for long periods of time and that they used to worry about her getting enough food and water. It seems there was possibly more than neglect going on at the home, possibly even abuse. As detectives worked the timeline backwards, the last time they were able to verify that anyone physically saw Oakley Was February of 2021. Their next step was to start searching the property. Andrew's home sat on 300 acres. And everyone had a bad feeling about looking for Oakley. Were they looking for her alive somewhere, or had something happened to her on that property? Cadaver dogs, helicopters, and dozens of search groups scoured the property for evidence. The searches, in fact, lasted seven days. And it is really not known exactly what might have been learned from those searches or found, but we do know that Oakley was not found. I just did a report on the use of drones in searching for missing persons and how helpful they are. They can navigate more ground, difficult terrain, remote areas, much, much faster than human beings can. Drones also have the ability to use thermal imaging technology to help find missing persons. It seems this may have been a case where drones could have been very beneficial. And there are lots of case examples where drones have found missing persons in record times. North Dakota. Law enforcement used a drone to locate a two-year-old boy who had entered an unoccupied house. The police chief has stated there that they now use drones to fight wildfires, floods, and tornadoes in addition to missing person cases, crowd monitoring, and active shooter situations. In Hartford, Connecticut, with the help of the grant-funded program, Hartford, Connecticut law enforcement was able to locate a missing 8-year-old boy. Shenandoah County, Virginia, law enforcement there was able to locate a missing hunter by using a drone within 20 minutes of deploying that drone. This gives credence to the fact that drones can cover much more ground in a shorter amount of time. Officers in some Virginia jurisdictions have voiced frustration in the delay to get a helicopter once requested. Not every local jurisdiction has its own helicopter, and to request one can be time-consuming. Now, the other children in the household were removed, of course, after Andrew and Jordan were arrested. This included a nine-year-old, a six-year-old, and a two-year-old. The children were tested for drugs, and it was found that they had methamphetamine in their systems, leading authorities to further charge Andrew and Jordan with a felony offense of child endangering. Jordan Bowers was sentenced to 20 months in jail after pleading guilty Andrew Carlson was sentenced to 12 months in prison for charges involving the same children. Jordan's extensive criminal record played a role in her longer sentence, while Andrew effectively had no criminal history. So where are we now in this case? Both parents are locked up. Neither one is talking. Andrew is eligible for release in August. And there are still... No leads on Oakley. Many people wonder if something had happened to her on that property. Is she on that property? Or did she maybe never even get out of the fire? One source told the media they believe she may have been sold because all of her belongings were gone, including clothing. It seemed that he believed that she had possibly been packed up and sent somewhere or sold. any event, it doesn't look good for little Oakley. And time is not on our side. There is a possibility that she is alive and well and living with someone else. Meanwhile, her prior foster parents have kept up the push for answers. It's so sad that this couple loved Oakley so much, wanting to make her part of their family. And now almost as soon as she left their care, she disappeared. Take a listen to what the Hiles had to say about Oakley.
1: I really, at this point, you know, we're a month in, I really just want answers. Um, That's the thing that, uh, It's difficult to go to bed at night sometimes when I just think about, like, where is she? What has happened to her? And so if I could have resolution or have some kind of, like, idea of what's happening, I think that would be the best for my husband and myself. But um, that's kind of what I I just want that. And then, of course, I want justice for Oakley. Like, I I think that a lot of people in our community are really angry about everything with DCYF and the parents. And I think that there needs some... uh, you know, there needs some change to happen. Do you think enough is being done right now
0: to search for Oakley?
1: Yes. um, I fully trust our law enforcement. Um, I know that I have been in contact with uh, the detective since the day that Oakley was announced missing. Um, I bet you every week um, I send him a text message just to kind of say like, hey, like, is there any new updates and I know that he can't tell me a lot because I'm not like part of this case but he's so kind and he always is willing to text either my husband or myself back and say like hey we don't have any information right now or hey we have some things but um just you know just we're working every single day on this so um I do believe that they're doing the absolute best they can to look for her. You know, you've been posting on social media a lot of new pictures and video of young Oakley. She's such a beautiful girl. We haven't spoken with you since Christmas, since the holidays. What was it like um, knowing all that this is happening and knowing that Oakley is still missing? Um, you know, I Christmas is one of my favorite holidays. Um, but I think the thing that was probably the most, like, different for me is the snow. Like, Oakley loves snow. Um, and so I think that that was kind of a bummer. Especially that it snowed, you know, on Christmas Day, and we had all that snow. I know that she would have just loved it, so I wasn't even excited that it snowed. Normally, I would be out in it, and I'd be playing in it, and I just wasn't even able to really enjoy that because it's just sad knowing that she wasn't here with me to experience that.
0: Oakley Carlson is described as a Caucasian girl with brown hair and brown eyes. She was five years old when she was reported missing last December. The reward for Oakley is now up to $20,000 and it very likely will go up from there if she isn't found soon. The Sheriff's Office is asking anyone with information to call 360-533-8765 or... 360-964-1729. 360-964-1729. If you know anything about Oakley or have any information on the events leading up to Oakley's disappearance, please call and speak to somebody there. Thank you so so much for listening to Oakley's story today. This episode is going up on National Missing Children's Day, so keep in mind there are many many missing children out there share Oakley's story any way you can through social media, share her face, share her name, share her missing person flyer. Someone knows where little Oakley is. As a reminder, please make sure you are following us on social media. We share missing person flyers daily on Instagram and Twitter And we post any updates or news on any of these cases as they come in. Thank you again to our partner today, the Fetch app. Give them a try. I use them myself and love them. The link for that app is in the notes. We will be back again next week with another Unsolved Missing Person episode. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.